So I'm not really sure what the opposite of like Omaha is, but whatever that is, it's take two today in the fast lane. Because we tried to look back at some of the action from this past weekend and more right now, look ahead to what that actually means. I tried. Trey did. I was hoping to be here, but we have some exciting new partnerships that are coming to the Virginia Talk Radio Network over the holidays, including at InsaneRadioDeals.com. So that had to take a little bit of priority, and I was a little bit late yesterday And for that. I apologize, but, you know, they say keep the main thing the main thing, and the main thing is, of course, serving our listeners however we can. And sometimes those goals overlap. So, Liberty Football. My one little PSA for folks that are wondering about Jamie Chabwell and whether or not he would leave for Mississippi State or Texas A&M. More likely Mississippi State. I I agree with you, Trey, because... He doesn't have the... I mean, apparently he was already in Starkville. uh, You know, that's what some people speculated. On Twitter, because he didn't have his location off. Yes. um, If if that was his actual tweet. Yes, if that was, in fact, his actual tweet. But here's the thing. Pay attention to who is putting that information out on social media, first and foremost. So keep that particular one in mind. The second thing, of course is to understand that just because you're entertaining the offer doesn't mean you're actually going to take it. I mean, again, if I'm Jamie Chadwell, I may not have any intention of going to Mississippi State. But if you at least sell the concept, it strengthens your leverage with Liberty University and whether it's for a pay raise or support for your staff. And Ian McCall has been great with their coaches about providing those resources. And Liberty is as well-funded as any Group of Five program there is out there. Um, you know, the reality is that is a business tactic, and it's something that often goes on in business. We've seen it plenty of times. I mean, remember, Justin Fuente once looked at Baylor while he was at Virginia Tech and did not end up taking the job. Perhaps he regrets that decision. But it might open up soon, so he might get a second chance. You know, you're very correct about that, Trey. Boy, uh, I didn't know. I'll be honest. I didn't think Dave Aranda was going to blow up that badly on Baylor, but alas, it happened. But he, here's the thing if this information is going to come out, pay attention to Thanksgiving weekend. So, starting next Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, through that Saturday, that is often when these jobs start to crystallize in terms of what would happen. So just keep that part on your radar as far as future opportunities going forward. The other is this. Random accounts that have like 15 followers on social media, they're probably not the ones you want to follow. If you get information from a cluster of people out of Starkville, TV reporters, beat writers from Mississippi State, folks tied into that program, and you start seeing a lot of that from the Mississippi State community, then whether it's the media that cover it or the fans down there, trust me, they're rabid enough in the SEC that that information will start to get out. At that point, I'd start to lend some more credence to this. And then, of course, the fact that you've got people like Andy Staples of On3 Sports or Brett McMurphy, who was with us last week in the Fast Lane. Was it last week, Trey? They're all blurring together for me. Uh, um, yes. It was. Of Action Network. Or... Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports or Barrett Salee or Bruce Feldman and, and Stuart Mandel of The Athletic. I'm just throwing names Bruce out there. Bruce Feldman is the yeah newsbreaker. Chris he, Vanini is probably a good one. That's another one. Pete Thamel and Ross Dellinger as well. Any of the names we rattled off. Those are the ones where if you start to hear smoke coming from those accounts, okay, I, I get real serious about Which this. Which they've all, all mentioned Chadwell as a name for that job. 
Correct. Which, which is the the kind of only. Uh, it's not as much smoke as we saw today, but it it's some smoke. His name has been mentioned, but I don't think it's been any more seriously mentioned. Trey, Jamie Chabwell for the Mississippi State job than Willie Fritz of Tulane, Orett Lashley of SMU, or any of the other names that have been bantied about for the SMU job. Like I, I mean, he's been there in consideration. Uh, we touched on this before, Trey that. If I'm Mississippi State, I absolutely make the phone call to Jamie Chadwell, and I at least gauge his interest. You need something a little bit different and creative to try to have a chance to compete in the ever stronger SEC, where they're adding Oklahoma and Texas, two programs that if you're ranking them on the brand appeal power ranking scale, they are ahead of Mississippi State, meaning it is going to be harder than ever for them to compete on a high level in the SEC. I I maintain... And we're getting feedback that's come in, and we'll, we'll get to this tomorrow in the fast lane because we've got a shorter edition of the show. But I maintain if I'm Jamie Chowell, I'm waiting for North Carolina to open up where there's not nearly the amount of pressure. They've shown they can put top 15 recruiting classes together and have top 15 caliber teams on a regular basis more consistently than Mississippi State without any of that level of pressure. And it buys you more time to recruit at that high level and show you can put a roster together on that level. Uh, than I would at a Mississippi State where I think the ceiling is just so limited and the fans expect hey. something that is unrealistic. Hey, similar Mississippi, to, Mississippi State was the first number one team in the first ever college football playoff rankings. So. Hey, they very much were. Helps to have Dan Mullen and Dak Prescott. You know, those were both two key catalysts for that. And it may have been, what's his name, Simmons, the um, the Jeffrey Simmons, the defensive lineman from I think that was later. Is Chris Jones you're thinking of? Chris Jones, Jeffrey Simmons, Fletcher Cox all came through Mississippi State, but not all at the same time together. God, if they were, that would have been the most ridiculous pass rush in the history of the SEC, and they've had a lot of them. But to have all three of those at one time would have been absolutely I think Chris insane. Jones was on that team, not Jeffrey Simmons, because I think Jeffrey Simmons was two years Whatever. Later. Chris Jones, insane uh, top five caliber defensive tackle in the NFL yes I mean either one no Jalen Carter of course oh of course not Trey but you know here's the thing if you're looking at this from that perspective it's the same thing I'll go back with a place like Kentucky there's a limited ceiling and the fans expect something more and Chip Patterson and Bud Elliott and the colleagues on the CBS Sports podcast for CBS Sports College Football Report, cover three cover three they touch on this a lot where you're dealing with fans who think they can compete on the same level as an Alabama or a Georgia or an LSU and don't want to hear that they can't compete on that level. North Carolina actually can compete like a top-end ACC team. They put the rosters together in the talent, and they've knocked on the door of ACC football championships when Clemson was good, no less, with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. And they haven't even maxed their potential with what they brought in a low-pressure environment. Like, that, again, I'm not saying Jamie Chabell won't leave. I think the time will come. But just keep all that in perspective with Jamie Chabell. Maybe he is entranced by Mississippi State and he thinks it's a great opportunity, but uh, I, I, this is the tweet I've brought up and, and I will reiterate it. Liberty affords you a different opportunity to be more patient at that place than anywhere else because you'll dominate Conference USA. They have infinitely more resources than anyone else, so you don't have to rush at an opportunity that you think is below ideal. And I would consider... Texas A&M, and even to an extent Mississippi State, limited opportunities. No, not Texas A&M. Not, te- no, not, not Texas A&M. Not financially, but fan expectation relative to what their production is. Yeah, but you'll have been. every resource to win a national title. You will, but they're not going uh, after Jamie Chabwell anyway. Yeah, they're the, they're Chabwell, one of the three programs the last 10 years to have a number one recruiting class. No, no and I mean, they, they are in that, they're in a different category than Mississippi okay. State. So if you're, but again, Chadwell can afford to be patient. But you can't compare him to Hugh Freeze. Like the the old, like we 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 sort of said that you can't compare him to Hugh Freeze because the reason Hugh Freeze got Auburn was 
75% the fact that he beat Nick Saban in back-to-back years at Ole Miss than it was anything he did at Liberty. Speaking of Hugh Freeze, by the way, Trey, we'll, we'll get more into this Liberty coaching carousel conversation because we've got feedback coming at Fast Lane Ed Lane on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. First of all, thank you everybody who's chimed in and keeps chiming in with different thoughts there. We're always grateful for it. We get to it as best as we can. Uh, and then there are certain topics that are more evergreen which are really good conversation pieces, but we'll sprinkle them in when it's a little bit later. And uh, you guys, uh, we appreciate you wherever you're listening and however you're listening for giving us those topics that we can address because clearly they're points that interest you. Uh, But we also try to remain topical and relevant for all that's worth, which is what we failed to do yesterday because I failed to get into the studio in time to bring you the fast lane in a more timely manner. Uh, My driving reminds you why in these times you need an insurance provider that can be there for you with the best rate possible, including uninsured and underinsured motorist insurance coverage. That's something I've learned from our friends at Trost Law, by the way. But the insurance carrier I trust, Gardner Insurance Solutions. They shop my rates regularly every year and make sure they're multiple carriers so they can give me the best rate. Highly recommended for you as well. But anyway, speaking of Hugh Freeze, Liberty University and the connection. Liberty destroys Old Dominion. Dispatches them. Bloodbath was the term that some fans used for me. I won't go that far because it wasn't a full-off uh, 60 minutes of it that. Was, it was over, though, pretty quick in that game. It, it was, you know, Trey, we'll get to keeping receipts later, but I, I knew that the projection on the ODU Liberty game that I had, at least as far as the I uh, put it outcome, both. Let's put it this way. I put it both in our worst. You know, we had a good week, though. Yes, but more on that later, Trey. I, that's one I knew was going to be over pretty quickly. And part of it is this. Jamie Chabwell mentioned that Liberty, it's their most complete game, particularly because offensively, they did every single thing that they wanted. We were really balanced, you know, uh, overall. I mean, you you know, we didn't – could have been – if we'd have done some stuff there in the third and fourth quarter, you know, we'd have had another whatever. But uh, we were able to do some things that – throwing and running that – Anything we wanted, really. The first half, I think we punted once because of a dang penalty. Anything we really wanted. I guess, Trey. It brought me back to a press conference last year. This is where, if you're watching like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the clouds come around the screen. They have the little you know, music that relaxes you like you're in a dream spot. I don't know if I call it a dream if I'm a Liberty fan. But it brought me back the first time I've seen that type of performance at Williams Stadium. Since the BYU-Liberty game last year. And perhaps... Another outgoing coach? Maybe, maybe not. But I see what you did there. Yes. Hugh Freeze, who used that as a launch point to go to Auburn. More notably, he used the Arkansas win on the road a couple weeks later. Which that job can open up, so maybe James Chadwell goes there. <laughs> just saying. Co- copy everything we said about Mississippi State for Arkansas. But they Over-expecting might, fans. Yeah. Big amounts of money they're willing to throw, but nowhere close to being able to fulfill their expectations, especially relative to the competition week in and week out in your I conference. Speaking of Auburn coaches, I think they'll go after a former Auburn coach who is an Arkansas native if that job opens up. Just yes. want to put keep these ties together. Trey, we'll get to that later. But Jamie Chabwell mentioned, we did whatever we wanted on offense. It reminded me of this from Hugh Freeze last year. And yes, even if you're a Liberty fan, just take a moment and get a chuckle out of this. We had good stuff planned for them and uh, felt like we could stay balanced. And I think we did. I hadn't seen the stats. I, I don't know. But I thought it was a really solid game other than one possession that we uh, kind of fooled around on. But I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid game. So you know, we just kept doing what we did, and uh, we, we I never felt like they stopped us. And so it wasn't a matter of we just thought we kind of stopped ourselves. <laughs> they never really stopped us. We stopped ourselves. 
what is it like deja vu all over again for Liberty fans from hearing those types of comments to uh, hoping that it's not a springboard for your coach leaving for another job uh, well and again we'll get into that more later in the week Trey and I have kind of outlined why you know if I'm Mississippi State I absolutely sniff around Jamie Chadwell but if I'm Chadwell I understand that Liberty is a unique spot that affords you the ability to be patient for ideal jobs and given the impatient nature of fans in the SEC and how quickly those openings can arise if they if you fail to meet their expectations it also means you can be more selective if you are a coach at a place like Liberty for ideal jobs that could pop up because you're going to continue to have success at a place like Liberty and dominate your competition to pad your resume. And Liberty did that to their ever-loving credit against Old Dominion. Um, Jamie Chowell elaborated on what we mentioned earlier. Not only ODU not being able to stop Liberty, but Liberty just kind of stopping themselves in the second half of that game when it was 35-3. to at halftime, and it ended up being a 38-10 to final that really should have been 38-3. It was a garbage-time touchdown by Old Dominion. But it was clearly the most complete game of the year for Liberty. We had some good practices. We had some guys really step up and say, that's not who we are. And I think you show that today, the way we played. You know, we, I mean, they scored their garbage time uh, at the end, and, and we gave up the three points off of probably, I think it was a, they got a penalty to get down there. Uh, I mean, our, our defense played tremendous. That's probably the best overall game four quarters that we played maybe all year, you know, and we're capable of doing that um, if we'll handle handle the things that uh, that we can, you know, and that means we're going to shut people out, but we didn't beat ourselves, we didn't do any foolish things, and we made people try to beat us, and and if we do that, then I tell, I tell our team all the time, if somebody beats us and we don't beat ourselves, I'll live with that every day, but if we're beating ourselves and Liberty's beating Liberty, that's, that's what you just can't live with as a coach, and uh, this was our cleanest game from a defensive standpoint, assignment-wise and all those things, and they played fast and played hard. 100% agree with that from a Liberty perspective. I mean, you look at the performance for Liberty against Old Dominion. Four penalties for 50 yards. But when you're looking at that number, four penalties for 50 yards, that's over 10 yards per penalty. You're looking at 12 and a half yards per penalty, which generally means on average, they're either holding penalties or they're pass interference type penalties. You know, you hate them. They're frustrating. But those are effort penalties. They're the type of things that you can at least coach out. Liberty's penalties against Louisiana Tech when Hugh Freeze are... God, Jamie Chadwell. I'm getting them all confused now. Caldwell? Yes, Jamie Caldwell. Um, but the penalties against Louisiana Tech, they were the five-yard types. You don't have enough men lined up on the line of scrimmage. Illegal shifts, offsides. Those are discipline things that are just a lack of... Trey's going to hate me for saying this. Attention to detail. Yes. Jinx, you owe me a soda. Uh, I do owe you a soda. I'll be glad to give you one because I'm not drinking it. Um, but... You know, here's the thing. Four penalties, 50 yards for Liberty. Honestly, as weird as that is to say, higher per yard penalty average, you can actually live with that if you're Liberty. Because you make mistakes in the heat of an effort, and while they're frustrating, it's not the 15-yard dead ball personal foul where you're going, what the heck are you doing? Come on, you gotta have some discipline. Or the false start on the offense where you sit there and go, really, this is not the first game of the year. This is the 10th game of the year. We should be better than this. If I'm a Liberty fan, that's the thought I have. If I'm a coach or a player or a leader, that's the thought I have. And for Liberty, they deserve a lot of credit because they bounced back and showed they were able to put that together, and it really paid off for them. And frankly, look, they knew they were better than what they showed the last couple of games, and the leaders on this team helped Liberty stay locked in. As you go back the last couple of weeks, a lot of the points that we gave up were some busted assignments on our own, right? We, we did some things that... Uh, we just shouldn't do and that allowed some things to snowball on us and our guys have a lot of um, um, pride about how we play and uh, what we do and I think they were uh, a little you know like hey we're better than what we've shown 100% I mean it's called accountability 
It's called people stepping up. You know, Jamie Chadwell would reference it when we played the soundbite last week. But when you're Liberty and you're, you're struggling, your leaders, if they're struggling, don't want to step up because they feel like their actions are not backing up their words. And, it, and that's totally natural, especially younger in a leadership position to do that. You want to be able to do that. And for Liberty, they were able to back that up and bring you a product, if you're a Liberty fan, where you feel very good watching. So good that you should go to InsaneRadioDeals.com and grab a pair of tickets to the UMass Liberty game, the home finale for the regular season, of course, this coming weekend. $22.22. Normally, it's $70 bucks for a pair of tickets, but a limited number remain for just $22.22. Tickets, two of them, and you can grab a couple pairs at InsaneRadioDeals.com to the UMass Liberty football game. Uh, pivoting away from Liberty for just a moment, uh, but we did an InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take on this yesterday. Practice execution becomes game reality. It's a phrase that we've borrowed from Michael Lombardi, a friend of ours here in the fast lane from the Daily Coach. Love that place for daily motivation and leadership. But also three-time Super Bowl winning executive and host of the GM Shuffle podcast. And it was the truth over this past weekend for pretty much all the teams that we saw this past weekend. Virginia Tech, they absolutely throttled. Boston College, 48-22 in a game that really was like 48-7. to If it wasn't for a couple of late third and fourth quarter scores for BC, that game wasn't even that close. Think 38-7 to in the relatively early part of the third quarter for Virginia Tech against Boston College. A lot of that goes even before the game, and that was part of this. But Chris Marv, defensive coordinator, when speaking on the Virginia Tech Radio Network post-game show that you heard on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, practice execution becomes game reality. Well, that performance for Virginia Tech against Boston College, the coaches were almost unanimous in saying that started in practice for Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Saturdays are a reflection of how you practice during the week. I really believe that. Um, doesn't mean you always get the outcome that you want in terms of scoreboard, but certainly in terms of the effectiveness of calls, efficiency and, and um, the play and consistency of the play, right? And so this week, fortunately, we practiced well and we got the outcome that we wanted also. Practiced well and therefore we got the outcome that we wanted. Because that's really the truth of it. If you practice the right way, you can end up putting yourself in a position to get a victory. And that's how you can have an, a, quote, look in your eyes that Brent Pride described when he spoke on the victory afterwards on the Virginia Tech Radio Network on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. Yeah, they had a good look in their eyes. You know, the coaches did a nice job getting the guys, getting them going early. And, you know, we had a good look, good talk, and, you know, came out and played the way we need to. Played the way we needed to. Had the right attitude. Yeah, very proud of the guys, the staff. <clears throat> you know, just a real good rebound from an attitude and mentality standpoint. Uh, obviously, Dorian Strong leading the way, early takeaways, and uh, the offense able to sustain some drives and score points. Brent Pry, speaking afterwards on the Virginia Tech Radio Network, as you hear every Virginia Tech football and men's basketball game on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, including postgame coverage. Practicing the right way, getting yourself into the right mindset, and to their ever-loving credit, and Trey, you may have heard this as well as I did uh, from our friends at TechSideline.com. Uh, we had David Cunningham yesterday in the Fast Lane, Fast Lane headline where you listen to podcasts to hear his insight. But the wake-up call is supposed to be 7:30 at the hotel at Boston College, and around 7:15, staff members started banging on the door, and then afterwards, 
all of them started banging on the door a moment later to jar the team loose, to get them fired up and motivated for this game. Kind of that, oh my goodness, I'm getting woken up earlier than I expect to be. And then they came out firing. And to their credit for Virginia Tech, Trey, it looked like that in the early going because they had that purpose that you have kind of missed from Virginia Tech in road games. And I give the coaching staff credit for Virginia Tech over this past weekend because not only is Chris Marr mentioned practice execution becoming game reality, but being willing to press different buttons to try to get results on the road, nothing is harmful. Nothing jeopardizes the student's well-being or welfare, so it shouldn't prompt guys to transfer. But inevitably, you're still trying to win football games as a team, and you have to manufacture energy for your team in general on the road. And especially, and I've been there before, I went there about a decade ago. My brother and I went to a noon kickoff for Virginia Tech at Boston College. Woo! That place, yes, you have to find ways to get creative to spark some level of urge and energy because I don't know if you saw it, Trey, but I listened to it on the Virginia Tech Radio Network, of course, on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. And as is often the case for games at Boston College, you can hear the echo of the PA announcer in the background bouncing off the aluminum seats because there's not much energy in the stands. Yeah, it's Chestnut Hill. Um, Yeah, I mean... Coveted ACC Boston media market. I know it's it's something. I just uh, yeah, it's it's always been a weird place for Virginia Tech. Um, but yeah, I think they they you know they fired off the gates so fast in this one, and it is showing something to me. And I mentioned this yesterday is you know I, their road record. I think you need to skew a little bit because by far their two best opponents they played on the road. So you're you know. You can say they had slow starts, but they also played two of the two. Louisville might be in the top 10 tonight when the rankings get revealed. Two top 14 teams in the country on the road. So that skews your record. But what they've been able to do, and they proved it now on the road, is they are beating up on, I don't want to say teams they're supposed to beat, but the bad teams in the ACC. And for year two, that is the improvement you want to see. You want to see them distinguishing themselves from the bottom dweller of the ACC, which they were last year, they've clearly ascended to that, and now they are at a clear middle tier of the ACC. Trey, and that that's where you want this team to be in year two. And uh, I think for the road team, sorry, Ed, I'm no, no, going to get my point real quick. No, you're good, you're good. Okay. Uh, I, I was just saying, you know, I, I think for a new coaching staff, finding the right balance of how it would work on the road it does take time, and you have a young team, and they're figuring it out as, you know, this is still new. It's year two. Let's be real here. And I think um, your biggest road game, probably from the fan base, is the, the end of the year this year. And is it really going to be a road game? Probably not. But you're going to, you know, when you play Virginia and, you know, having the right mindset for that and gearing up for that, you're going to feel a lot better about that as at the BC after this BC performance than you would after the Louisville performance. Trey, you brought up a couple of great points about that. The number one, and we've harped on this before, but, you know, the, a lot of teams they played have been bad teams, but isn't that kind of what you've wanted out of Virginia Tech? Isn't that what teams like Virginia have wanted to be like a, a Wake Forest or a Duke in the sense that when you have a good team, you should be beating teams on down years, Wake Forest and Pitt this year, or teams that are just flat out not good in the ACC, like Pitt, Wake Forest, and Boston College this year. And yes, you may lose games to better teams and maybe even emphatically, but at least take care of business in winnable games against teams that are clearly that vulnerable. So that's what Virginia Tech has at least done to their credit. When we return in the fast lane, we're going to reuse a soundbite for total 
chest-beating purposes for our next guest, Ben Cates of NewsAdvance.com. We explain when we come back, so let us feed our ego and you can laugh at the ridiculousness that's about to come on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.